0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring
1: professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. My question to you, Alex Gellart, because... I get to host this show. That means I get to ask the questions now instead of answering them. Is A.J. Brown a top five receiver? And who are the top five receivers in the NFL right now, midway through the 2022 season?
2: So I think you added the appropriate qualifier there for me to say this definitively. But right now, midway through the 2022 season, I do think A.J. Brown is a top five receiver in the NFL. I think his performance since getting to Philadelphia has left little doubt. As we talked about, the way he's progressed, the way he's still dominating as he did previously... Um, I think, I think he's in that range, especially with some of the other guys who might've been considered around him having down years, whether individually injury or, you know, offensively. So, I mean, if I had to pick a top five, I think I I'd probably put Tyreek at the top at the moment, Cooper cup, uh, Diggs, Jefferson and Brown and in, in some sort of order there. That's just coming off the top of my head and, and, you know, based on performance and things like that. But, uh, probably put maybe Jeff Jefferson at the bottom. I don't know if it's more of his, yeah. his offense or him beginning of the season. I would have put him closer to the top of the tier, but, uh, there's just some ways that he's been getting washed out of that Minnesota offense. And I'm not sure if that's just, they're not adjusting to the, the way teams have responded after everybody watched him just gash the Packers for 200 yards <laughs> in week one or, uh, or yeah. what it is. But, um, I think, I think Brown's firmly in there right now, you know, with some other long-standing guys like Adams and. Maybe even Jamar Chase at the moment because he's injured and your, right. your boy Mc- McLaurin sitting just outside, you know, looking up at the rest of the group.
1: Oh, we'll get, we'll get to Terry McLaurin. I'm glad you even just put his name in this conversation because that, that, tr- that was the transition I was going to make there. So we'll come back on that one. But yeah, like this, I say this all the time. If you're ranking the top five or the top 10 or the top 12, top 15, top 20 at the position and you feel like you didn't leave somebody off. You did the exercise wrong uh, because there's just so many good players at every level um, of the wide receiver position right now. And yeah, like I think right now, Stefan Diggs has been the best receiver in the NFL this year. I think Tyree kills a close second, if not number one. Um, and yeah, at that point, then it's like Cooper cup. It's, I agree with you. I think I put Brown a little bit ahead of Justin Jefferson, but I feel like Jefferson rounds out five, but I don't know that I feel comfortable not having Devontae Adams in that, in that top five though. Right. Because despite the the stats and all that stuff being down, like it's not, it's not him, right? Like he's all, he's still the same player, but it's just the ecosystem that he's in right now.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's not like he suddenly forgot how to be the best route runner in football. It's just that offense right now, whether it's McDaniels or Carr or a combination of everything, has not supported him the way that the Green Bay offense used to, which was a lot of a thing a lot of us kind of predicted. We weren't hoping yeah. for, but that Green Bay offense was so tilted towards Adams in the passing game, and now he's in an offense where it's not. And you know whether that's working to the the Raiders' detriment. I mean, look at their look at their uh, standings right now. It's not going probably well. is, but yeah, you know, for for me, for Hill over over Diggs. I just think it's been impressive to see Hill in this offense without Patrick Mahomes still making a lot of the similar plays, but also some other like impressive plays like Tyreek Hill has won so many jump balls and he's not a big like jump ball receiver. So to see him adding those elements or at least just showcasing those elements to his game that weren't as necessary when he had the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes combo, and now he's still got a good Coach coordinator, but Tua is not Patrick Mahomes. So no. to see him be able to catch some of those more contested catches and, and jump all throws uh out of such a regular basis and look so dominant so far has, has been why I might put him at the top. But I mean Diggs Diggs is phenomenal too. It's it's we're talking about the cream of the crop here. They're all they're all phenomenal.
1: Yeah, they're all they're all fantastic. Like it's all splitting hairs type of stuff. But um yeah, the just Tyree Kill is unbelievable because I still think, you know. There are plenty of times where Tua like doesn't lead Tyree Kill, but they still get this chunk. It's like who cares? Uh, it's like it, sure, is Tua going to be the best deep ball passer in the NFL? Thrown to like I don't know. Um devante smith or whatever who cares he's not throwing a Devontae smith throwing a tyree kill right so like he's gonna and that contested catchability i'm so glad you brought that up because i think that's always been the most underrated part about tyree kills game and why i've always thought he's kind of like the modern day steve smith it's like a guy who can go up in 50 50 high point balls um because he is just tougher pound for pound than everybody else so yeah and and i think like he's definitely in terms of guys that just change the math, like change the way defenses approach you. He's probably number one on that list. You know, like there are very few actual coverage dictators in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is one of those. So that's why I think he, again, I'm a digs bro. Like, and, and, you know, I'm a long time digs guy. So that's why I want to have him at that number one spot, especially because the way him and Josh Allen are just, just so on the same page right now, it's just unbelievable. Like they're bringing out the best in each other. So I'll put Diggs one spot ahead of Tyree kill. And then I think I'd have, oh man, I like I'd have Cooper cup third. It's just weird when you rank Cooper cup, because he's just so different than all of these other guys that makes it really hard. And I know he's injured right now, or he's probably going to play next week anyways, who cares? But um, I, I will say like, there, there is no way that you could ask, Cooper cup to play in like the Stefan Diggs role. But I think you could ask Stefan Diggs to play in the Cooper cup role. That's why I still have him third. Um, but like AJ Brown. Yeah, I think he'd be four, And then I think it's between Adams and Jefferson at five. And it's just like recency bias for, and then we're not even like talking about Jamar chase, who I do think belongs in the conversation as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the chase injury really kind of sucks the life out of his discussion in here, especially since the Bengals finally changed their offense around and let, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase do what they're good at and they were really starting to cook and it was really fun. So that, that injury is a huge bummer and it'll be interesting to see how that, that offense plays out on Monday night as uh, we're recording this about an hour away from the game time. But yeah, it feels that not, no disrespect to chase. He would probably be more in the conversation, but he's going to be out for a month or whatever, unless he's got that Wolverine blood and comes back faster. But uh, (laughs) no, it's we you got an embarrassment of riches at the top of this class, man. It's so fun. Like you said, Cooper cup plays in such a unique role, but, Damn, is he good in that role? It's just yeah. every time they, and I mean, it's part of the scheme and it's part of Stafford, but it's him too. Like, he's just, how is he always so open? It's just incredible when you, like, are just watching the broadcast film. He, I mean, the Hill and Waddle have gotten a little bit of that, but just every time Stafford's throwing it, there's Cooper Cup with like five yards of space. And I know he's so good after the catch and so strong. And uh, he's he's just a fantastic all around player.
1: You know, you talk about guys that are like quarterback friendly. Like he's the most quarterback friendly receiver ever, Um, you know, which is why he was always so good, even with Jared Goff. And, you know, Goff is I think people bag on Goff pretty hard because he used to be the number one quarterback. And like we all knew, you know, even back when we were working together at NFL, I feel like we were always like, okay, you know, yeah, this is a lot of McVay. And it was a lot of Sean McVay. And, you know, we've seen how the offense, when they don't have like me and you out there playing offensive tackle for him, that offense is elevated to another level. Uh, when when Matthew Stafford is there as opposed to Jared Goff, but now you see like a, a guy in Cooper Cup who's that quarterback friendly receiver get taken to another level by a guy like Matthew Stafford. So it is I don't know I I, I think he's. I think he's just a really unique player and it's almost like not even worth comparing. Like why is he so open to everybody else? Because he's the best zone beating receiver in the NFL. Like he runs routes. Like he is a quarterback. He understands coverages. Like he's a quarterback. He talks about this. Stuff. Like his, he used to be, his dad was a quarterback, like all that type of stuff. So that's, um, I don't know. He's a really fascinating player, but yeah, I, it's, it's hard to rank the top five receivers in the NFL, but I think the one takeaway you and I both have is that AJ Brown, belongs in the conversation like not even a discussion at this point like I do think it's he's got to be in there over Justin Jefferson as good as Justin Jefferson is and as excited we as we all were for him in fantasy I can't believe Jefferson hasn't scored since week one I didn't even realize that and it's crazy
2: it's crazy. Um, well, didn't he get a rushing touchdown or something? I thought, I yeah, thought he snuck yeah, he one in, he but did. he
1: hasn't caught one since week and one. He caught a touchdown. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what it was. Yeah. But uh, he did. It was against the Saints, I believe. He rushed a touchdown. I mean, he's been fantastic. He's been putting up absurd catches and yardage totals. It's like you get a 98-yard uh, game for justin jefferson i don't want to hear you complain about that in fantasy football okay like there's a lot of (laughs) imagine the people who took like Najee harris or something in the first round okay like you think think about how they're feeling right now so yeah we'll move on but yeah top five receivers in the nfl aj brown belongs and it's a tough group to rank and it would have been a lot tougher if we considered a top 10 list
0: but ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We'll move on to
1: a guy that I think belongs in the top 10 discussion in the NFL. Um, And I actually think like in another universe would belong in the top five discussion. I'm really glad you brought his name up. It's Terry McLaurin. And my question to you is, is Terry McLaurin back back after a slow start to the season? It's tough
2: to say because how long is Taylor Heineke going
1: to stay as
2: his quarterback? I think McLaurin is unlocked a little bit. He's one of those guys that, is also not massive, but he's got great speed. He's a savvy route runner. He's terrific at winning the ball in the air and in contested catch situations. And Heineke, it seems, has been a little more willing to sling it out there and let let Terry be Terry. So I think that's what's helped is his quarterback having confidence in him. You know, a couple of those big plays that Terry had the last couple of weeks, there was the one where he was barely open against Jair Alexander and, you know, Heineke just trusted him and threw it out there and he made the play. And then there was the great play he made against Stefan Gilmore this past oh, week yeah. where he just went up and ripped it away from him. Um, You know, it, I think it helps having a quarterback. That's not to use the dumb gunslinger thing that gets thrown around with Taylor Heineke, but like somebody who's not afraid to pull the trigger a little more. Cause, cause Heineke is one of our, excuse me, McLaurin's one of those guys that can, that can win like that. And that helps him you know, just seeing, looking at some of his, his numbers from earlier when it was uh, Wentz under center and like the target share is not that drastically different, but I think maybe the types of balls that are getting thrown his way are helping, but man, I just, I want the best for McLaurin. I want to see him with a better quarterback. Cause I feel like he could, you know, lead the league in receiving uh, if he had a more consistent and accurate and willing passer.
1: Yeah. I've, I've said this on this show and a few other places, you know, over the course of the year, or even dating back to the off season, that like, I feel the same way about Terry McLaurin as I did, um, Stefan Diggs in Minnesota, where it was all like, we all agreed Stefan Diggs was a great player. And I'm like, no, reception perception showing you this guy is literally an elite receiver. Okay. Like he is a top five guy. Like he should be considered as such, but the stats weren't there because you playing with Kirk cousins, who's just different type of quarterback playing with other guys that needed the ball. They ran the ball a lot too in Minnesota. Um, and I, it's a, I think that's who Terry McLaurin is, too, that in any other universe, he would be a top five receiver or multiverse, I guess, uh, To since you're a big dork and you're on the show. I'm totally not a dork either and, you know, whatever. But no not, um, <laughs> no, not at all. But, yeah, there's, like, a multiverse where Terry McLaurin gets the Stefan Diggs treatment and, like, goes to play with a great quarterback. But, unfortunately, we live in the one where, like, the best we can do is Taylor Heineke. But, good God, man, like – this is a thousand percent better than Carson Wentz. Terry McLaurin is uh, sixth in the NFL receiving yards the last two weeks with with Taylor Heineke under center.
2: It's just remarkable what a difference it has been. You know, there were a couple games ahead before this where he was only getting a couple catches, few yards. I mean, like very pedestrian stat lines that don't match the level of player and the quality he is. So it's been nice to see him bounce back and, and catch those deep targets and be able to get some things on the move that are thrown a little more on time to let him, you know, carry and, and get some yaks. So I, I'm encouraged by it. And if you were somebody that uh, you know, drafted Terry McLaurin earlier happy with this and maybe it's a chance to try and uh, you know, swing a trade for Terry McLaurin here as this trend continues.
1: Yeah, and this is just so beautifully like just encapsulates the wide receiver position. Like after that slow start, Terry McLaurin now is wide receiver 17. You know, it, of course, like you could put a couple of big games together and like, oh, right, now you're just back into the top 20 of the position when he was like well out of that. And, you know, he's still like – that's a right around where he was drafted was like wide receiver 15, 17, that type of area. So fantasy is just funny, man. You got to ro- like rock with the highs and lows. And just on this point too with Terry McLaurin, like Carson Wentz is a more – Physically gifted quarterback than Taylor Heineke, and anyone with the set of eyeballs would agree. I think Taylor Heineke might even, although I don't know, with the way he plays, he might not agree. He might, <laughs> he might literally think he's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I,
2: I think there's a little bit of that in him. There's not that dog in him, there's that wannabe Patrick Mahomes in him, but
1: yeah, yeah. But ODU's finest man, you got to give him, you got to give him credit for, um, like knowing who the guy is in this offense, and they're two and zero during the stretch too. Like you can't complain about target shares when like a team is winning, but like they're two and zero with Taylor Heineke under center. They were not that way with Carson Wentz under center. And I think the thing that's just impressed about this, is like I like the other guys on the offense, right? I'm a longtime Curtis Samuel guy. Like I like John Dotson, you know uh, the pride of Lynchburg, Virginia, Logan Thomas, he's, he's a good tight end there. They've got backs that can catch the ball, but it's like, okay, that's great but when I'm even sitting here telling you like you're overdoing it with Curtis Samuel, like that's when you know you've reached a pretty dark place.
2: Yeah. I forgot. First of all, I forgot all of your connections to this team. I obviously remembered the ODU Taylor Heineke connection, but yeah, Curtis Samuel and old RP guy and Logan (laughs) Thomas, but
1: yeah, it's disgusting. uh, Disgusting. The amount of connections I have to the Washington commanders. I'm not comfortable with it to be clear.
2: Yeah. That's a little frustrating uh, from a life perspective, but It'd be good to see them kind of stick with this and keep McLaurin more involved. I think using Curtis Samuel and some of the creative ways they have been doing is good. But as you said, that over-reliance on that is a little bit like, oh boy, what are we doing here? And and it's just, it's nice to sprinkle that in, but when that's becoming like your Bread and butter, or your go to plays that's a little frustrating from an offensive perspective. So, I think Heineke has opened up a little bit more that for them of the downfield passing. Aside from just remembering back to week one when Jahan Dotson was healthy and caught those two touchdowns and Wentz I was know. throwing it deep, like that just phew, went away. But that's kind of the Carson Wentz experiment. Sometimes he's uh, he's you know looking like that MVP candidate from the Eagles Super Bowl year and then. Other times he's looking at the guy that the Colts couldn't wait to get rid of. So
1: not fun. Uh, The Carson Wentz experience is like not fun to watch. Uh, It was just like, close your eyes and like look at the fantasy totals at the end of it. Sometimes at least in the first like two or three weeks or whatever, but it, the juice runs out real fast of that one. Um, You know? So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we've got Taylor Heineke back there. Um, I do think Terry McLaurin is back and like, he's not on, you know, for the fantasy angle. Like I think him and DJ Moore have like graduated out of the, start sit questions. Like you should be playing these guys every week. You should be glad you have them. Um, if you survive even DJ more now after like a disaster, um, a disaster start to literally a disaster. I mean, Terry McCorn is like, Oh, this is not great. DJ Moore was a total disaster to start the year. He's wide receiver 22. Now, you know,
2: I mean, wasn't James advocating him for dropping him on this very show, like
1: (laughs) three or four weeks ago. He was not alone either. He was not alone because he was the worst type of player to have in fantasy where nobody wants to trade for him. You can't start him. And you know, like, you know, he's good. Just you know, you know he's good at football, but it's it's just not coming in the production. But I'm telling you, if if Baker Mayfield's still the quarterback there, we're not having this conversation too. Because like again, Baker Mayfield might be better. Is he, I don't even know if he's better than P.J. Walker. That's different than the Wentz thing. But like he might be more ta- – actually, you know what? I don't know if he's more talented I was going to say, did PJ you Walker. see some of those throws P.J. Walker made <laughs> no. on Sunday? That throw
2: to D.J. Moore was absurd. Everybody was like, oh, my God, Moore. And I was like, did you see that throw? He was rolling yeah. out to his left and whipped that thing like 60 yards. Yeah. Uh, good Never mind. Walker. No, yeah.
1: Good Baker Mayfield Walker. just – Baker Mayfield just sucks, okay? But, like, yeah, P.J. Walker, if he's not the starting quarterback, we're not having this conversation about D.J. Moore. So it made sense, like, why folks – um you know wanted you to drop him because but it, the thing with talented players is you have to always be accept like you have to accept that if you drop this guy and he's on somebody else's roster dunking on you by the end of the year you have to be okay you you can't like hate yourself when you look in the mirror that's the only qualification there
2: oh yeah i mean i'm sure i'm not alone when i was uh you know glaring at Kyle Pitts's like 20 fantasy points on my bench after i had finally committed to benching him a couple weeks in a row as he was disappointing and then he, oh. then he finally pops off. I'm happy. I'm happy it's on my bench and not on somebody else's team. But still, it, the players like Moore and Pitts and, you know, what they like you said, with their talent level and your, your cost that you invested in them in the draft, it's is so hard to let it go. But um, I'm happy. I'm happy for all these guys that they're bouncing back and the fantasy teams that I have them on, <laughs> their fans bouncing
1: back.